everybody. Welcome to this edition of Project Next, the podcast for smart marketers who want to find out what's next in the world of marketing and communications. I'm your host, Brian Martin. Today we're talking about gender fluidity and the emergence of this new audience for brands. In today's world, it is increasingly common for people to identify as non-binary and transgender. We have with us today an entrepreneur who is one of the earliest to address this audience, Rob Smith. Rob is the founder of The Fluid Project, a brick-and-mortar store in Manhattan, and a website with a focus on gender-neutral clothing. Welcome, Rob. Thanks, Brian. Great to be here. Rob, you were a successful retail executive for many years, having worked in merchandising for Macy's, Victoria's Secret, and Nike. One year ago, you launched The Fluid Project, the world's first gender-free store. What made you make that move? The move started when I'd like to tell the story of my first Burning Man. And have you been to Burning Man? No, I haven't. I've wanted to, but I haven't. I think everyone should go once at least. So it's a pretty incredible experience. And the whole idea that when you discover at 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 a time in a moment in the middle is that this environment that's created is is about recreating the social construct of how to behave and how to identify. And what I loved about it was people just taking care of each other. There was this idea that gender expression got, you know, eliminated. So if you saw what was a heteronormative man showing up in cargo shorts and a t-shirt, by day three, he was in tights with glitter nail polish and <laughs> rocking some eye makeup. And, and people adapt that quickly because you're like, oh, this is how it is. And then they adapted and it really flourished. And, and it just kind of made me realize that when you come back from this perfect society and you go back into a capitalistic corporate world and you go, what the hell am I doing with my life? And so people say, don't quit your job after your first Burning Man. And I came back and I quit my job after the first Burning Man. <laughs> so, so, so about five months afterwards, and then I wanted to figure out what my life was, the next chapter was. And I knew that it had to be some type of altruistic profession. And I thought, I looked at companies like Warby Parker, and I looked at Tom's, and I thought, wow, these are companies that are doing something. I also thought I might be a politician. I kept that as an option. So... I just decided to go on a journey by myself with a backpack and travel around the world learning and studying ancient cultures, traditions, religions, and experiences. And on that journey, on April 14, 2017, I wrote in my journal, consider opening a gender-free, non-binary shopping experience, and I wrote fluid in quotation marks. And that was one. And I opened 10 months later. Wow. Where did the fluid come from? Fluid is a word that I started hearing about young people and their identity. So fluid for many people is gender fluidity. So Mm -hmm. there's a space between the binary. But then I started to understand, even in my own experience studying religions, that I'm not a a binary in my religion. Uh, I'm, you know, raised Catholic. I appreciate uh, Judaism, but I started to understand and study Buddhism and uh, Hinduism and Islam, and I started to pick up pieces of all of this. So I just realized in in life, when we allow ourselves to break out of the binary and to become more fluid, we start to grow and expand just who we are and what our potential is. So that's where fluid came from. And then I added a pH at the beginning. Right. That's that's the interesting take on it. Yeah. So the the pH pH came from the idea of balance and the idea in, in acidic balance that pH is balanced. So I thought that the pH on the front of fluid made it stand out a little bit more. 
And then the idea of adding project at the end was because I think the word concept is overused. And this is not a concept, it's a project because we're literally working to make something better. And we're doing it as a collective group of people and working on a project to make things better in the world. And knowing that the Fluid Project could at any time take a new form because at this point it's about identity, gender identity, gender expression, but hopefully in 10 years the Fluid Project has a whole new initiative because it's been so normalized and accepted by society. When I go into your store, I feel like it is a hangout for everybody who is gender fluid. It's a very safe place. People are having fun. People are always doing something different in your store. Sure. The store is a really interesting space. First of all, the first thing people say when they walk in the store, and you've been there, is just how nice people are. Like It's True. shocking to be yeah. in the middle of New York City and then to find this you know, oasis of just beautiful, authentic, friendly humans. And that's who we hire and who want to be a part of our team are people who just celebrate being themselves and how they identify and how they express themselves. So it starts off there. And then, you know, you, you start to understand that this is a retail concept of, you know, clothing, accessories, shoes, and it's created for non-binary, transgender, young, queer people. But what's so interesting for me is how many other people like yourself and your partner how walk in and say, wow, this is actually for us too. We can buy something as well. Right. You know, right? We've bought stuff many you times have. in your store. And I appreciate and it. And for people who are transgender and for people who are not. Yeah. And, and you look at you and would not identify you as, I'm guessing, gender nonconforming or transgender. You are a cisgendered white guy. True. And you find that what's so cool about it, that is finding heteronormative couples who are shopping in the racks together. And they're like, wow, we get to shop together. And it's kind of a, a fun experience. Yeah. And it's always fun to go in there. Is that Was that by design? Because you've always got events happening in there. You've got a space that is good for events. And it always seems like there's a large group in there doing yeah, something well, I, interesting. Yeah, well, I did something pretty pretty untraditional. So if you, if you get a real estate on Broadway in New York City and you're paying premium price, most retailers would try to max out at $1,000 a square foot to try to get as much as they can. What I did was took two-thirds of the space and created a retail space, and the back third of the space is a coffee shop and a hangout area, bleacher seating. So the idea that at any time people could just come hang out, have a cup of coffee, and part of our marketing campaign, I guess if you call it that, is really about community engagement. So we do four or five events a week. So we use that space to host our events and bring community together in a very thoughtful way. So you're the world's first gender-free store, as far as I understand. I don't think anybody else has done that before you. What are the challenges of launching a business that lives in such a blank space as that? So when I came up with the idea and then I found the space, I had to fill it. And so I, I went to a trade show, Magic and Agenda, and it was just, you know, all of a sudden you realize how binary everything is. So there was the men's section and the women's section, and Levi's was in men's and Levi's was in women's, and, and everything is separated in a male-female. So I had to start to cherry pick through lines, and part of the product we created was just putting the men's and women's lines together with just the coolest pieces. And then I started to create my own product, Fluid Product. And then you start to get into this as a, as a product creator, this interesting process of putting the clothing that you design on a male and a female model. So it goes through two fittings, it goes on a male and on a female. 
and then getting it to fit both male and female, which is was an interesting process. That is interesting. And then the interesting thing, the third part of the product assortment is every Tuesday we have an open house for young and emerging designers. And each Tuesday people come in, they show their product, and particularly, especially because it's gender-free, it's primarily queer-owned, female-owned, or male-owned, or just or somebody who just you know believes in gender neutrality bringing these really cool designs and really creative designs to the space. So that's really exciting as well. That's interesting because there aren't many people out there designing for a gender-fluid space. There's not, but what's so interesting is I judge the final exam for Parsons, which is a design school in New York City, and over half of the designs were gender-neutral. So this the idea that young designers are creating gender-neutral clothing, but there's nowhere to sell it to. So you must have like the real market all to yourself at this point. Well, well, they do. The challenge is that these young folks have really neat designs and then the challenge is to produce them, you know, yeah. is to get the funding to produce a line. So, you know, just to create a, a sample costs almost $2,000 and then you have to have it produced. So if you were going to create a line other than doing something handmade, it's going to cost tens and tens of thousands of dollars, which a lot of young folks don't have access to. Yeah. And, I'll, and I'm working on fixing that too. I'm working on raising money. And part of what I want to do is bring these young designers in and help launch their product with them and get them off the ground. So you mentioned that in the store, various groups of people are coming in. Who is your audience after a year of being in business? Yeah. So <clears throat> I spend a lot of time on the floor and, and the store is different than the website. So I think the website has a very specific customer who resonates with us. Although it's hard to even say because you can't see your customer. And, right. and it's hard to even understand who they are because it's so one-dimensional, you know? Um, but the store is three-dimensional. So when I look and see who walks in the store, at this point now, after being a year and a couple of months old, a third of the customer base is the core consumer, the core audience that I targeted uh, when I created this, which is transgender, gender nonconforming, young queer folks. And then there is a broader group, which is the larger audience, which is, I would say, a combination of Gen Z and also older queer people, young gays and lesbians. And then there's heterosexual folks who are probably over the age of 40 years old who just totally dig fluid. Right. There's the unexpected audience. And, it, and it, fortunately, they have money, so I like them a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and they're probably buying for their children or, or their for themselves. Or, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and they, you know, when you put fluid on, we're a company built on values. You know, our mission statement is to challenge boundaries with humanity. So we challenge everything. We challenge the social construct around gender identity and gender expression. And we challenge. You know, certainly any type of government that doesn't allow folks to be their authentic selves and give them opportunities to live the life that every citizen should be allowed to live. So we're not against anybody, but we're for humanity. See, you won't see a T-shirt that says deport Trump, but you'll see a T-shirt that says we're all immigrants. Right. That's the difference. Okay. So it's not negative. It's always positive. Positive, Correct. Well, you know what's interesting? I just want to say one thing. So I know this is about marketing, and I'm kind of a, a unique person to talk about it because we have not spent any money in marketing. Well, our marketing budget goes to liquor <laughs> for parties, <laughs> and we pay models you know, um, as much as we can. Most of the influencers who support our product are done because they believe in us. 
So we're not that company that pays people to sponsor our product or post on our product or we don't pay for followers. We've got 65,000, almost 70,000 organically through just word of mouth and community. And I think the idea of buying customers is is gone. You know, the, yeah. instead is appealing to their emotions and appealing to their their values. And when you start to do that, people will just start to find you. And I think that's such a contemporary way of looking at marketing because I think if you're having to spend too much in marketing in today's world, you are doing it wrong. Correct. And I think it's all the direct DTC brands that have come about have taught us that there are better ways of growing a business. And I think the other thing is to be careful about jumping in and uh, there's greenwashing and pinkwashing and greenwashing is saying you're environmentally friendly and pinkwashing is saying you support you know, gay pride because you marched down the parade. And then, you know, now young folks are peeling back and looking inside and saying, okay, but you don't have any senior leadership uh, who are people of color or your females, like less than 20% of your leadership team or your board representation. And I think that companies have to be very careful that they don't market that they are something without actually doing it. I think you're better off waiting fixing your your infrastructure, fixing your leadership team, and then starting to market or things will blow up. I have to say I was in your store Pride Weekend and it was packed. Yeah, we, we had a really special month in the month of June. So for folks who don't know, this was the 50th anniversary of the Stonewall Riots. So that's this is a big time for us at Fluid. The World Pride team asked us to make all the product for World Pride. So we were the center for World Pride product. Nice. And we had 30 events in 30 days. Wow. Actually, we had 32 events in 30 days. As a couple of days, we had two events. So we had, throughout the month, 25,000 people come through the store that month. Wow. Which is pretty insane. Yeah. We had record sales. And it's not that big a store, so yeah. that's it was, a lot of people in I there. Think, I think on the Friday of Pride Weekend, we had 1,500 people in the day the air conditioning broke, too. It was pretty funny. <laughs> and then on, on Saturday, we had over 3,000 people come through the space. And almost every one of them bought something. It was unreal. I've never seen anything like it. Wow. It's pretty pretty cool. Good for you. So are you finding brands that are creating products specifically for you? And who are some of those brands that have been so good about doing that? Well, we've had um, brands like our mission and understand who we are. And, you know, starting off with some brands like Champion or Fila or Levi's who've been really supportive about trying to help us, you know, put together a men's and a women's line and show up a market with something. This year is pretty special though because we started to work on collaborations with some key brands. So Fila created a capsule for us. Champion created a capsule for us. Nike wanted to. We're working on something next year. Uh, let's see who else. Happy Socks created a project with us. Converse created a project with us. So they all created exclusive product for us, which was gender-free. And uh, we're going to do a lot more of that going forward. Yeah. It seems like if I'm a brand who wants to be interesting, your space is perfect for it. Sure. And they can't even do it in their own space. So you can't even do it in, like, say, Levi's or Champion Store. I guess you could, but they have binary design teams. They have the men's and women's section that it's pretty interesting for them to do it. They kind of have to do it at Fluid. Yeah. I mean, it's it's such a different way to think when there's always been just two genders and now there's a third way of looking at gender sure which is we're all human you know it's one of our best selling t-shirts is we're all human and we all wear t-shirts and we all wear jeans and we all wear sneakers and you know a lot of us wear blazers and 
the idea that, you know, women have different shapes and men have different shapes. So it's not about, you know, your sex. It's really about just fitting into clothes that make you look good. And there are some things that Liz wears that I think I would wear that if I didn't feel bad about it being a woman's right. clothes. I remember my mom, <laughs> I really wanted this shirt and my mom found it for me at Sears, I think. It was the same shirt that I wanted. It was like a Madras checked shirt, but she bought it for significantly less and from the girls' department. And I wouldn't wear it because the buttons were on the wrong side. And I thought somebody would figure out that I was wearing a girl shirt in fifth grade and life would be over. I was already a loser. I thought that you were <laughs> more of a loser. But it's, but it's funny, like who the hell cares? Right. Know, who cares? Right. It looks good. I think, I think this young generation is really forcing us to look at how antiquated we are. You know, this young generation, Gen Z, who's 12 to 22 years old right now, is massive. They are yeah. a third of the population, 40% of the spending power. And they are a generation who is, has a belief system that is different than ours. They care more about the planet. They care more about equality, social justice, and they're pushing for it. And they're supporting brands that do as well. You know, look at what Nike did after the Colin Kaepernick ad. Oh, you know, Nike stock, Nike brilliant. went up, sales went up 35%. Yeah. So they're looking for companies to take a stance. So what's cool about Fluid is, you know, a lot of companies are afraid of losing customers that we just gain customers. You know, we have no one to lose. We just have more to gain. Right. That's that's a great way to look at it. <laughs> it is. You know, a lot of companies are like, you're just so afraid to to lose a conservative consumer because they take a stance in a social cause. And this young generation isn't going to tolerate that anymore or you'll be non-existent. I have so many friends who have children who are identifying as male one day and female the next. And it's just, and it's causing them to rethink all those social rules. And I just think it's good for us all to rethink those rules along it the way. It is. And I think we have to understand that as a society, we're always unlearning and relearning. I mean, everything that existed, you know, when we were kids has been unlearned and relearned. I mean, think about men would wear suits to work every day. Women wore dresses and high heels and tights, you know, and gay couples couldn't have a a legal marriage. And all of it is like, you have to unlearn it and then relearn it. And we have to realize that we're in a constant state of fluidity as a society. And once you get comfortable with that, you're like, wow, why the hell not? Let's keep going forward. And it's interesting that this is all happening amidst this political environment. And one of the things I love about your store is that when you're in that store, you don't feel the encroachment of that political environment yeah. in the store. It's a bubble and a bubble and a bubble, I say. <laughs> <laughs> but but that said, you know, the even the streets of New York City, and people think of New York as this liberal, safe bastion in America. But a lot of the folks who walk into our store are often gender nonconforming. Their expression is different than how people would perceive them or ex- expect them to be. And subways buses, streets can be very hostile places for some some of our community. So from their apartment to our store can often be a dangerous space. I've got a a lot of folks who come to Fluid um, will only take Ubers or Lyfts. They won't take public transportation because it's so dangerous and scary. Whether it's hostile, overtly hostile, or it's subtle. It's the, the looks and the laughs and the cameras, pictures taken. So yeah, I mean, we got to keep pushing forward and just celebrate people's uniqueness. There was a time when when I was in my 20s, and I think this is interesting because you talked about a government and what happens when there's an oppressive government, at least for me, Nixon, when Nixon is what some people say is an oppressive president. 
you had this liberal like summer of love and the music and the clothing and it was it was and that was almost like didn't have a gender like the way people dress in the 70s you know right. was, it was like flare jeans that was this yeah gender neutral right yes. exactly and then you got to the 80s and reagan and then you had this second british invasion and you had duran duran and you had culture club and even like molly crew and they were all wearing makeup and and dressing outrageously and i think what's interesting now is you have this guy who's our president right now and you have this intersection of people who feel oppressed and also the conversation about gender identity happening at the same time so it's it's kind of like it's about a revolution plus an evolution at the same time the cool thing about fluid is everybody comes together as a community of like-minded people who have a belief system that we should all have the opportunity to be who we are and believe what we want to believe and worship who we want to worship and love who we want to love and have sex with who we want to have sex with. And it's a communal space that way. And I think that's pretty cool because there's not a lot of that happening right now. Yeah. And it's interesting because I think your space does a really good job of bringing people together right now. But how do you then take what's happening there and bring it to the rest of the country? Part of the process of, of the website is the website is an extension of what happens in the store. So we started off as a store, and last year the store did 97% of the sales. So I just relaunched the web platform, and now web sales are up to 20% of the total. Good. So that's great. So people are now finding out about us, and now they're able to purchase Fluid product on the website. But that's not success for me. It's, it's a sign of success, but for me... How I define success, if somebody goes to thefluidproject.com and spends an hour and a half on it because they're watching content that was created in the store, watching panel discussions, interviews, conversations, then that's success. They may not buy anything, but they just experience all of the conversations that are happening in the store. That's, that's success for me. That's great. Are people spending an hour and a half now? Well, the hard thing is... For me, um, I self-funded this business, yes. and I've, um, I'm looking to raise uh, capital, so this is a good plug right now. If anyone would like to invest in the Fluid Project, email me at rob at thefluidproject.com, and we can talk about it because this shouldn't just be New York-centric. This should be around the world. So is it happening? No, because it costs, <laughs> it's crazy. It costs about, I'm going to say, if I want to videotape something and have it edited well, it costs a couple thousand dollars. Yeah. And that's one of those things that you just have to cut because those are expenses. Like you have to pay people and rent first. That's a classic problem in running a business. Yeah, you only yeah. have so much money to work with and you've got right. priorities. And I've got this amazing content and I'm not doing a good job of capturing it and sharing it because of limited resources. So yeah, it just, it, it gets me frustrated. Are you considering doing things like pop-up shops in other markets or are, what are you doing to spread the word in the most cost-effective manner? Yep. So it was the first year and the strategy was to build this community space, get to know the customer, speed up the lessons it's going to take to do something new. Because whenever you do something new, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. Any business is going to make a lot of mistakes. And I felt by engaging with the customer every single day, that I was going to speed up the learning process. And so I think if I launched online, I would still be learning. I think I learned a lot in a year. And so the second year, the strategy was to launch the website in, in a robust way. And that's check. And now I uh, want to start to show up around the world in different ways. So we just did a pop-up at Nordstrom last month in New York City. Nice. Very successful. Uh, Bloomingdale's purchased us. 
But when I show up, I also want to have conversations. Like I don't want to just be selling product, but part of what Fluid is, is having panel discussions. So just last week, we went on tour with Euphoria, which is a new show on HBO. And they went on tour and they asked us to join them and they gave us our Airstream and we filled it up with product. Oh, that's and, great. And we sold a lot of product. We, the, 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 the Airstream was doing more than the store was every day, which is pretty <laughs> incredible. But it just shows also these, they're not zealots, they just are believers in fluid. And so we showed up at Portland and Seattle and Miami. Like they came for Euphoria, sure, but there's a lot of people that showed up for fluid. They were super excited. That's but awesome. part of it, the great thing about it was we also led a panel discussion with the stars of Euphoria. So we did what we do and it showed up in a way in a pop-up. So that's how I want to show up. So it's not just a transactional experience. It's about conversation and sharing ideas. So this is a Project Next podcast. So let's talk about where you go next with the Fluid Project. It sounds like you're about to raise some money, which ought to help open up some opportunities for you. Sure. And the number one focus is going to be continue to build content that can be shared on the website that can be shared with folks around the world. So, you know, you may be in Mumbai or Minneapolis and you may be able to afford our product, but if you can't, at least you can experience some of the conversations that were happening. And so that's number one. And number two is starting to look at strategic pop-ups to get an idea of what the next permanent location would be. My team was blown away by the West Coast and the most engaged city was Portland, Oregon. Wow. And I thought that was really interesting. You know, yeah. certainly, certainly data will point to the bigger cities to say LA is the number two city, but that's just because of size. But then you could also find a space like Portland, which is super progressive and say, maybe that should be the next location. But, um, you know, permanent retail is a hard thing. You know, it's yeah. hard because it takes a lot of money to run that. But it's also hard to have a community space and a program around community if you keep moving around. In my dream world, you know, Fluid has 15 flagship locations around the world. And in those 15 locations, imagine a young and emerging designer in Tokyo bringing their product to Fluid and that product doing really well. So I'm able to then say, you know what, I'm going to bring it to not just online, but I'm bringing it to the other 14 locations yeah. and start to like find young and emerging designers and start to share them around the world. I get super excited about that. Such exciting times. It is exciting times. You know, it's exciting times and it's... um. It's a great time for me to be doing what I'm doing. It's I appreciate you having me on talking about this because this is going to impact all of us. You know that that we are in a transition as always, and we're evolving as we always do. And sometimes you hear, you know, politicians or people spouse hate and and xenophobia and homophobia and transphobia, but the reality is this young generation is going to take over the world. So I feel super hopeful every day because they are focused on the right stuff. This young generation is bringing their values and using their money to support companies that have values. Well, and they'll do, the companies have to do what politicians aren't doing. That's what I'll say. <laughs> well, Rob, thank you for coming here today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for listening to me. Thanks for uh, the opportunity to share uh, the Fluid Project. And uh, thanks for anyone that listened. And if you want to come visit us and you're in New York, we're in NoHo at Great Jones and Broadway. If you want to visit us at www.thefluidproject.com, that's with a PH. Uh, and then Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, we're everywhere. I highly recommend it. Please go there. Thank you for listening to this edition of Project Next. Until next time, I'm Brian Martin.